This is the Sound the Foghorn Podcast. Fiala intercepts again, trying to find the handle on it. He does, he scores! What a play by Fiala! Your number one podcast for the Minnesota Wild. Now I'm proud to select with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft from the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, Marco Rossi. Covering their prospects, the NHL, AHL, news, advanced stats, and Rossi much more. fights off an Anna's check. Sends it back to Kulikov. Cuts to the middle. Hands to Beckman. He scores! What a throws to work for the Wild. Centers one. Eriksson Ek with a shot. He scores! Jewel Eriksson Ek. He's the hero. Poked away Kaprizov. In for a chance to win it. He scores! Kirill the thrill is for real. And now, here are your hosts. Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Bach. Hello and welcome in to the first episode of Sound the Foghorn in 2022. Brett Marshall joined alongside my pals Zeke Boyat and Justin Baki. Sam Uren with us tonight as well. We've got a fun show on tap. Lots of news to cover despite there being, I think, just the Winter Classic since we last recorded, which is good. The Wild knew we were starving for content and uh, gave us some things to talk about on this show, so we're happy to do a show today. Uh, before all that, let's check in with everyone. Justin, we'll start with you. Uh, it's been a little bit of a rocky ride in the in the Baki household as of late. Uh, how are things going uh, at this moment for you? Ah, uh, they're getting better. My whole family had COVID, but we're getting close to the end. We should be back to normal life this weekend. Um, here, yeah, it, it is what it is. We all got it pretty mild, so can't complain because some people don't get that lucky. So, right. uh, still sucked nonetheless. Yeah, still sucked not to be able to taste, but. On the flip side, after I could taste, that was the best spaghetti I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad to hear things are uh, headed in the right direction for you all. My everyone's feeling better and on track to to be good by the weekend. Zeke, what about you, man? Yeah, I mean, not much new. Just had you know good holidays and uh, just uh, really happy that there's finally a game to watch tomorrow night. After. Don't jinx it. Well, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we might have we might have done that, but yeah, but it'll be it'll be nice because it feels like even with the Winter Classic, there hasn't been a game in like a month. So, yeah, it really does. Uh, Sam, thanks for joining us again. Usually, this is the part where we'd have you do a Whitecaps update, um, but effective about I don't know twenty twenty five minutes uh, prior to this recording, uh, it was announced they're postponed again. Um, but aside from that, uh, how you doing this evening? Uh, yeah, doing well. A little bit of a bummer about the Whitecaps uh, games this weekend, but um, yeah, I mean, same for me. I got, I ended up getting COVID right, right around the holidays. So, um, you know, recovering or recovered from that, like right in time for the winter classic. So pretty good there, but yeah, doing well. Yeah, well, glad to hear both you and Justin are doing well. Um, hope everyone else is staying safe uh, from COVID as it continues just to spread its wings um, to everything and everyone uh, as <laughs> each passing day, it seems. Um, the Wild overall doing pretty good, just Jonas Brodeen um, as of now, so nothing nothing too much beyond that. 
Uh, we're going to go a little out of order today. We do want to talk about the Winter Classic. We have perspectives from three different sides uh, to discuss. Zeke and I were there as fans. Justin, unfortunately, stuck at home, but able to watch it there. And then uh, Sam, actually, you know, on the social media team, had probably a little bit different view of things as well. So let's kind of do a little roundtable here. And Sam, we'll start with you. Just what were like, I don't know, let's see, it's the, the best way to frame this question. What was kind of your favorite thing about, you know, kind of having the inside access to Winter Classic or just some, you know, cool stories or things, um, you know, from the wild social team perspective? Um, Man, that's tough. I mean, I think as a fan of like the wild for my whole life, it's just cool to finally have the winter classic here and be a part of that just to be at the game, like in my fan brain. But, um, as a part of like the social digital team, I think, you know, it was just cool being around the guys and seeing their excitement. And, you know, we had the family skate on Friday after the outdoor or after practice and, um, you know, seeing them with their family skating around at, target field and just kind of, you know, soaking it all in the lights and, you know, the environment, that part was probably the coolest, a little bit surreal, you know, being on the field pregame on Saturday and looking around and seeing target field, you know, completely sold out and yeah, probably as full as it's been in a long time. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I said that to Aaron. I said, this is probably the, the most full I've seen target field in a long time, which is super cool. And it was Sorry, you know, at twins. cold. <laughs> yeah for sure um i really liked i think the video was on i think it was like the russian nhl site they had kirill kaprizov mic'd up for the practice and i believe a, a wild fan named erica kind of cut some pieces of it and put it on twitter and it was just basically a minute of kirill kaprizov just laughing um just skating up and down the ice but i think that's kind of like a really good experience of just how fun it was from a player perspective from a fan perspective uh, Zeke, we'll go to you next. Just kind of mm -hmm. your favorite part of the Winter Classic, being able to attend it, um, and just you know some of your favorite memories from from Saturday. Well, I mean, first of all, I will say I think obviously you know there's when you're going to see a hockey game in baseball stadium, you know you're maybe sightline. You might not think it was going to be great. I, I personally think you know from where I was sitting, it, it was a great spot. It was just kind of down the first base side, up on the top. You could see the whole rank. You could see everything they had put out there so that was really nice but i don't know i just thought uh you know the, it was just overall it was just really fun you know obviously like everyone knows it was it was cold as heck and i mean you could see that because the, the bathroom lines were way down the hallway but then you'd get in there and people oh, aren't actually man. going to the bathroom they're just trying to stay warm for like another half an hour which was pretty funny to see but and even i did that some myself but yeah no it was just it was just a really fun atmosphere obviously with all the you know, all the work they did out in the field to just kind of decorate it with that Minnesota hockey field with the, you know, pond hockey games going on during the game was really cool to see. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just overall great. Obviously, would have wished that a little better result in the game. Obviously, the second period wasn't, you know, wasn't really We're fun gonna at all. We're going to forget that ever happened. You know, five goals, but, hey, it was a, it's a, you know, for me it was, and a lot of other fans, I'm sure it was kind of a, just a once-in-a-lifetime experience to see uh you know, a, a wild game at Target Field. Uh, it's just, you know, really fun, something I'll never forget. And Justin, you had a little bit different perspective than the three of us uh, seeing it on TV. I, I heard great things about the TNT broadcast. It heard I got lots of views and stuff. So just give us kind of the perspective from from the TV. Yeah, I felt like they did a good job. I think my favorite part was the fact that I was able to watch the first period with my kids. Normally they're in bed. 
when the games start. But uh, I, I think that was pretty amazing, minus the fact that we were all fighting COVID. That was right. kind of unfortunate. But, I mean, they did a really good job. I mean, minus that second period, like we said, we weren't going to mention I mentioned again. Uh, <laughs> it, it was cool to finally see that Winter Classic happen and, and see, you know, just I love, the jerseys finally on the ice and the – uh, the TNT broadcast did, did a good job. It's kind of foggy because I was in a little rough shape, but it, it was it was cool to see. I remember swearing a lot in the second period. But, <laughs> um, yeah, another thing I wanted to say, though, about that Kaprizov clip that uh, Erica posted, I hope he laughs like that when he's, like, schooling people on the ice. Oh, me too. That, I, kind of I feel like he does. <laughs> I mean, that's just a laugh of someone who knows that he's better than you. Right. He's like, like, I'm the best on like the ice, and I know it. <laughs> <laughs> like the wraparound goal last year against Drew Doughty, I hope yeah. he's laughing like that the whole time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that, that was not minus the loss. It was awesome to be able to finally see and, and see the Minneapolis skyline, all the sight lines, and they did a good job on the TV kind mm-hmm. of representing it all and, and seeing this different ranks. Like the, when they dropped the pucks, I thought it was cool how they did the different ranks of, of kids and different Minnesota athletes from the past dropping the puck. Yeah, and then capping it off with Koivu and Backstrom and, and Lou Nanny for, for Let's Play mm-hmm. Hockey and everything. It was it was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was such a cool experience. Um, I found out I was going about a week before a buddy of mine's uh, dad won some free tickets um, and ended up taking us, and it was just a blast to be there. We got down for, like, the Fan Fest stuff before at, like, mm. know, probably, like, 2.30, 3 o'clock, was able to check all that out. I would say for me, like we were the section we were sitting in was I think kind of the area where a lot of the Blues fans were concentrated, um, and I gave them a shout out on Twitter. But I was amazed at how many Blues fans showed up, braved the cold, were loud for St. Louis, um, and but but also beyond that, they were super respectful. I mean, there was conversations with Wild and Blues fans all over the place, just about you know the drive and the teams and just you know the experience itself. And it, like, yeah, it's a rivalry, but I think there was a great respect among the fans and. Sharing tips mm-hmm. on, you know, I think there was some fans that were like, hey, is there any, you know, good good breweries nearby and different things like that, and some friendly chirping going around. I think there was one guy at a couple a couple of beers at one point, like unprompted, just yells out, "The only good thing to come out of St. Louis is Budweiser," <laughs> and that got a pretty good chuckle out of our uh, out of our whole section. But it was just really cool, and I want to shout out to the people in the row in front of us. They're Wild fans. I think they said it. They learned it from some friends that are uh, Pack- Packers season ticket holders. But our like everyone in our section's toes were freezing. I'm like, put a barrier between your feet and the ground. So we ended up. I had a, this wild blanket that I brought. We weren't sitting. Everyone was standing. I don't know if it was like that for you, Zeke, but there was no sitting at all where we were. Everyone was standing. Yeah. Um. So I got screw it. We'll throw the blanket on the ground. And I did that after the first period, and my toes actually stayed relatively warm after mm-hmm. that. I guess it's just the barrier, because that's I guess where a lot of the cold was coming from was the ground. I was like, well, this is genius, and it made the experience much more enjoyable after that because I wasn't, like, massaging my toes during every whistle trying to warm them up again. Um, I tried the yeah. toe warmers. didn't work. Um, those are yeah. scammed. Don't ever buy them. They said you, had, you said you had mixed results with them, but toe warmers but did not work them, for me. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. And we also got these uh, special orange gloves from the same company that you could stick the hand warmer in, hmm. which was nice because, you know, during the – you know, your face would be uncovered. And especially with my glasses, they fogged up like, yeah. the whole time, which was really annoying. But during the intermissions, I would take my glasses off and then put my palms up to my face and try <laughs> to warm up the cheeks and the nose a little bit. But yeah, no, nobody, we were pretty much all sitting up top, I think, because, you know, you have that angled view or whatever. Whereas I think where you were sitting down low, you, you kind of, it's harder to see anyways from that rank. 
the from the lower level. Yeah, but. I mean, it, it was a good vantage point, yeah, but the yeah. tricky the boards were like just tall enough where mm-hmm. we basically couldn't fun. see much, like kind of below the dots because okay. it was blocked by the okay. boards. But other than that, it was it was a really mm-hmm. cool spot to be. Sweet. I think I had yeah. some pretty good seats. Uh, <laughs> I had a heated blanket and uh, no lines in the bathroom. Yeah. All the snacks I need. <laughs> Room temperature. Yeah. And I wish I was. I wish I was there, but I, I can't complain about being warm. <laughs> yeah, we'll say I, I. I did grab a hot chocolate as soon as we got in. We got in like as soon as the gates opened, and the hot chocolate was fantastic. Ooh, it Part- was. Mine was a. Uh, mine was milk warm, and I was getting it. See, really? Like See, I, I got it right away. Like I got it as soon as we walked in, so I think I got it nice, fresh, and hot. Oh, okay. Coffee was good though. I had like four of those. So. Shocking. Seeking his coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, anything mm-hmm. else you have to share just kind of from maybe the experience or just kind of maybe anything you heard from Wild Staff or the players and just kind of like their experiences with, with everything that went on? Um, I mean, we we talked about it today, actually, um, as an organization, just how well, um, how well it went and how amazing all the fans were of, you know, being there and showing up and braving the cold and I think, uh, you know, just as an organization, we really felt, you know, the whole state behind us, even though it wasn't the result that anyone really wanted. And of course, it's kind of typical, you know, we finally get the Winter Classic and it's very Minnesotan of our team to, you know, maybe not win. But um, yeah, I think as an organization, you know, everyone has just been so amazed by, you know, the support and from social digital, I think, you know, we've just been commenting on different fan perspectives that we're seeing, you know, tagging the wild account on Twitter or Instagram and, um, you know, some of the video projects that our video team has been putting out and just kind of, you know, all the, all the content that we have has just been, I guess for me, a a cool experience to be a part of um, having a hand in creating that and putting, putting some of those clips out there of, you know, Kirill and, um, you know, some of the other guys and stuff. So yeah, definitely a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. And I think too, there, um, I think I saw it was something like it was over 10 million in like revenue on merchandise, um, from the weekend as well, which between, I think like jerseys, like the top, I think top mm-hmm. items, like jerseys, blankets, um, the knit caps, which I copped one myself. And then, um, there's one other item I think in there too, but which I think broke like a winter classic record, which was also really cool to see. So, yeah, well, it was, yeah, it was great just to reflect on it. Um, Sam, we'll, 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 there's not much of a white cap. We'll, we'll move on here. Not much of white caps updates you mentioned with, um, with the postponement, but anything you want to say about them before we uh, let you get back to your evening? Uh, yeah, no, I think, you know, we'll just keep an eye on when, when they get back in action. Um, I know for me, I, I do want to give give the listeners a little bit of an update, but I actually am, uh, have left the Whitecaps and moved on from my position there as assistant GM. Uh, a little bittersweet, you know, hate to leave the team, but really grateful and thankful for my opportunity, you know, to be a part of it and grow. And, um, yeah, just super excited to kind of be focused on uh, what we're doing over at the at the Wild. And obviously I'm still, still a Whitecaps fan always, so – always happy to talk, you know, team and logistics and hopefully we'll get to see a game here soon. It's been, feels like it's been forever since they've mm-hmm. got to be played. coming up in almost a month, I think. Yeah. It's 
getting getting up there in, in terms of, you know, obviously the results in uh, mid-December when we played uh, Toronto at home here. It was not exactly what, you know, they hoped for as a team, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Hopefully we'll, we'll get back in action soon. Well, I did see something that was pretty cool <clears throat> that kind of affects all the teams in the Pr- Premier Hockey Federation. That was the uh, multi-year agreement with Mission for them to be the uh, – Hockey equipment provider for the oh, whole yeah, PHF. The, yeah. the Warrior deal that uh, that was just announced today. Yeah, that that's really cool and, and really huge, you know, for the whole federation. I think it just shows the growth and investment in, uh, you know, the women's game. And, um, you know, you love to see it for, for these athletes. They really deserve that investment. And from a brand like Warrior and, and a company like that, it's huge. Absolutely. Yeah, and then speaking of just the women's game growing, that was another really cool part. I don't know if it was on the TV broadcast or not, but they did announce the 2022 Women's Team USA Olympic roster um, during the Winter Classic as well, which was cool to have all those women just kind of get, you know, 40,000 in-person eyes um, and just kind of get that recognition, including a, a good handful from our home state and former Gopher alums and uh, all that. So congratulations to all them and, you know. Excited to see, I mean, if you've never watched women's hockey, or women, especially women's Olympic hockey, it is a blast. Mm-hmm. And that Canada-USA rivalry is always a treat. Um, so looking forward to that as the men's teams, you know, Devin Dubnik might be the goalie for for Canada. So that's the <laughs> that's the type of hockey we're going to get for the men. So I think the women's tournament will be even more exciting. So, Well, all right, Sam. Um, thanks for jumping on again and uh, giving us just kind of your thoughts on everything with the Winter Classic and uh, looking forward to what you, Aaron, and the rest of the digital social team come up with in terms of memes and creative videos and stuff. You've been killing it lately, and with being able to even dive deeper into that, we're looking forward to whatever uh, whatever you guys come up with next. Absolutely, yeah. Let's hope for a, for a good game tomorrow. Yeah, should be an exciting one, and we'll we'll get into the details of why. Uh, a couple new faces in the lineup that should uh, that should excite fans quite a bit. All right, well, congrats again to the Minnesota Wild, to NHL, to the Blues for a for, for a great Winter Classic. Um, it sounds like you know the four of us really enjoyed it, um, and just speaking with you know knowing what I know about everyone else that was there, it, w- it was a great experience for all. So so well done. It was well worth the extra year. Um, wait. Um, mother nature didn't want to comply. It was like, ah, yeah, the, the two days before and the two days after were like 25 degrees, but nope, <laughs> this day it's got to be in the negatives. But, um, I, you know, I think that's just, that's the core of Minnesota. Cause it was, I think it was pretty similar for the Super Bowl too, which it's just yeah. ironic at these big events and that's how it turns out. But, uh, we have a lot more to get to today, so we'll move right along. Um, getting back to kind of our regularly scheduled program. Uh, we're going to turn it over to Justin for the prospect update. Yeah, I got a decent size one. Kind of talk about the World Junior Classic that was and didn't end up to be. But um, I, I think the biggest performance that uh, Wild fans that were paying attention to was uh, Jesper Wallstead that picked up a couple wins in that 48-save shutout against Slovakia. Looked like the best player on Sweden by far. And just it was awesome to see him perform like that on a big stage. We know he can perform because he's in the SHL at such a young age, but just to see it and even more so in a big stage like that was pretty awesome. Yeah, in a big third period uh, when they when uh, Sweden was assessed a major penalty, he basically had to be there oh, yeah. their entire penalty kill mm-hmm. for a long extended period of time. I think at one point it's like a five on three, and yeah, and yeah. To, to come out of that without giving up a goal is just chef's kiss. Impressive. 
Yep, sure was. <laughs> uh, a couple other guys uh, had decent tournament uh, in the couple games they played. Pavel Novak picking up a couple points, a goal and assist. And then uh, Huznadinov had a couple assists, and Jack Pert picked one up too. So it was cool to see the guys perform uh, fairly well in the, the two games they each played. Kind of very disappointing that it didn't finish off. It's understandable with what's going on, but uh, you, you just wanted to see the, the tournament see itself through. Mm. And then uh, outside of the World Junior Classic, uh, Jack McBain, uh, Boston College played in the Ledyard Classic last weekend. They ended up winning it. He ended up being the M- MVP of the Ledyard Classic with four goals in two games. He was just a force on the ice and just bowling people. Um, it's pretty awesome to see. And he was also named to the long list of mm-hmm. consideration for Canada's Olympic team. So his strong senior season continues to be awesome to see. Yeah, he's been a prospect I've been excited about. Like, I feel like I've not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I've been a little higher on him than mm-hmm. most. I think a lot of fans kind of like, I mean, that was, I think the same year they took Beckman in the third round. He was kind of like the forgotten about pick. I think he's just mm-hmm. been a little more of a late bloomer, but like you said, I mean, he's looked so good this year, kind of leading Boston college and, and, you know, is having these great games, these great weekends. I think he's been player of the week, player of the month, MV the tournament, Olympic consideration. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it's you know a, a weird pool of players, but I mean right. to be a, a senior in college and still get that consideration is pretty cool. So cool to see him come on and just you know another prospect to you know maybe keep your eyes on as someone who could potentially you know be a bottom six guy for this team when they're when they're cap crunched and um, you know one of Boldy's former teammates maybe some chemistry there too. So who knows? It's right. just, yeah, it's, it's just been great to see um, him have such a strong season. Absolutely. Uh, and then uh, Sam Henches got came back this past weekend for St. Cloud State. He picked up a uh, four-point weekend, three goals, one assist. Awesome to see him return to the lineup and do so well for uh, a St. Cloud State team that's having a really good season. Um, then uh, the last thing kind of is Iowa ended up winning 3-2 to two last night in a shootout despite being very shorthanded. Uh, Adam Beckman ended up scoring one of the goals, and he also sh- scored uh, a shootout goal. So... He's kind of like down there, like, "Hey guys, don't forget about me." After uh, Rossi and Boldy, like, remember me from the preseason? And, yeah, <laughs> Rossi Boldy getting called up, and Connor <laughs> Dewar looking like he's going to be part of the lineup too. So it's good to see Iowa, you know, pull through with with less than what they usually have. Mm-hmm. Now that's that's all I have for the prospect update. Uh, there's a little bit more, but uh, enough that those were the main main touching points right. after not having a show for a little while. Yeah, I think this is a good spot to to fit this in. I was debating where to put it in, but just want to make sure you guys are doing okay after the Bulldogs got swept this weekend um, by Dryden McKay and the Mavericks. Uh, I mean, it was it was disappointing, but <laughs> I always tell myself regular seasons for show, postseason for dough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I can't I, I can't hear you with the, the multiple rings. Yeah, on yeah. Your ear. you sound like a Chicago <laughs> fan now, talking about the past. <laughs> Or no, I'd say more like an Avs fan. But yeah. To be, fair. to be fair, of all the Minnesota teams outside of UMD, I, I don't mind Mankato. So it's good yeah. to see them yeah. do That's well. That's how I am the with program the program. Do well. I never want to lose, but, yeah. you know. I mean, it's... If you're going to lose, at least it's the best team in the country. And yeah. they were close That's games, true. too. So that wasn't like we blew you yeah. out either. Yeah. So. But, I mean, they're just... I don't know. You, you win three championships. Who cares if you're yeah. not so great for a few years? It's... 
yeah. that's just let someone else can have their time for hopefully a few years. <laughs> I know our friends over the Soda Pod like spotlight a lot of these college guys, but Dryden McKay, the goalie for Mankato, I think. It's his last like eight starts has had like four shutouts and like mm-hmm. four games where he's only allowed one goal. Like it's been one or zero, like his last yeah. eight games. I mean, part of it's he's really good, but also just the defense Mankato plays. But um, yeah, yeah lot, lots of Minnesota teams in that top ten again. So as we you know inch closer and closer to the NCAA tournament in, in March, it it should be hopefully lots of Minnesota teams again. And maybe like last year we see you know Gophers let us down for four to four, but. <laughs> um, you know, it'd be, it'd be right. cool to see a bunch of representation, both from a from a from a Minnesota-born player as well as well as a college level. So great to see those teams ah, doing sure. well. St. Thomas, you'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah, I don't right. want to dig too deep, but it's kind of cool to see like UMD, Mankato doing well, and and you got to allude it to like the recruitment because mm-hmm. they have guys that are you know fourth, fifth year, fifth year seniors, and guys that stay a little bit older, but they're guys that stay. They don't stay for a year or two and then go to the NHL. It's kind of kudos to how they, how different they got to recruit than maybe the Gophers. Yeah. I'm not sure if, you know, I don't know Duluth's recruiting class. Maybe you can give some insight, Justin, but I know Mankato, they've kind of always done it. They don't get a lot of like that high talent. Like our best player is Nathan Smith, who I think was like a third round pick by Winnipeg. He's a junior, but like mm-hmm. a lot of the players, you know, Dryden McKay included are undrafted. And I think that plays a big factor in a lot of these mm-hmm. guys staying, you know, Hey, they're, you know, if I have a great college career, I can go be a college free agent, you know, of the Nico Sturm type and, and, and get trusted by a team. And I think that's a big piece of it where, you know, the Gophers, they're going to get a lot of these, you know, these top recruits out of Minnesota and other states and, and different things. Mm-hmm. These guys that are taking the first round, second round, you know, your Brock Fabers of the world, people mm-hmm. like that. Um, I don't know if Duluth kind of the same as Mankato, but I think that's one thing that really helps them is they find these these undrafted players that end up being excellent college players. Yeah, I mean, I helped run the UMD Bulldogs pipeline page, so I know a little bit about what's coming, but it seems like a lot of what they've recruited lately has been out of the USHL. Just yep. Mankato, too. Play a year or two there, develop, come to college, and, and play well there. I mean, we've got a couple big names like Isaac Howard and Zam Plant and Shaga Bay from War Road coming up, but uh, long story short, I mean, yeah, it's a whole different recruit process than some of these other teams. Yeah, kudos, like you said, kudos to those teams for figuring that out too. Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna beat the Gophers by you know playing a different recruiting game than them instead of trying right. to play the same one, and it's yep. working out. So, yep. All right. Well, we talked a little bit about the um, experience of Winter Classic, but let's talk a little more about the game itself before we get into the really big news of the week that I'm sure we're all excited to talk about. Um, but I just like. It's sort of what I expected, I guess. Like it was a team that hadn't played in twelve days. The Blues, you know, I think had played Wednesday, so three days prior. You know, I think there was some pressure mm-hmm. on the Wild being in front of the, you know, the, the home crowd and everything. You had the cold in there. You add, you know, no Brodine, no Spridge, no Eric Sinek. Um As we alluded to, kind of when we were talking about the uh, the first two periods were uh, pretty pretty ugly. Yeah, it, it it definitely looked like a game where they hadn't played in a while, and it was almost like they were skating in cement or something. It just, everything seemed off and it, it was kind of really as cool as the game was. It was kind of tough to watch at the same time because of that. Cause you're like, okay, when are you guys going to get going? I know this team is better than this, but you could just see the rust. And I mean, yeah. the, the stats are pretty even for the game. It's just the game looked different than the stats look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, 
obviously you don't want to make you know you don't want to make excuses and i mean even max grell said after that how they played the first two periods was embarrassing but you know i think it's i mean it wasn't they're missing three huge pieces of their team and their top two defensemen in Brodie and Spurgeon and obviously their top center and Eck who, I mean, you know, and you're, taking and you're replacing those, those three with, with, uh, you know, Jordy, Jordy Ben, Callan Addison and Victor yeah. Rast. It's not the most ideal scenario. No, it's not. And I mean, like I said, you don't want to make excuses, but uh, I think that's what we talked a couple weeks ago in the last episode that they've just been playing a lot loose defensively and in their own end. And I think, you know, that part of that is true, but I think part of that also is just the personnel they've had to, play a lot more and uh yeah in that game in the winter classic that was evident too i mean five goals second period i mean especially when it was five one and rem pitlick scored that uh really funky typical hockey goal bounce off the skate and off the helmet into the net make it five two you thought okay we're within three you know let's get to the end of the period and then st louis they just come down bang bang it's in the back of the net and yeah I mean, it was just disappointing to uh i don't know just to feel like the game, even though with this team, you know, they're never out of a game. It was just uh, just disappointing to come out of the break in such a big event like that, you know, regardless of circumstances and kind of, uh, you know, just be kind of out of the game. Shit fairly the bed. Young. Yeah, that's probably an accurate <laughs> term. Yeah. Uh, be more realistic. Yeah, I, I would I say for me, the thing that was the most disappointing was just like how – like how the goals happen in these defensive breakdowns. Yeah. Um, and Alexis Pearson pointed out too in a conversation she and I were having on Twitter today, but just like the gaps the defensemen had, they were giving so much space to the Blues, especially, um, I believe it was Kairou's second goal. I think it was what it, at that mm-hmm. point was his fourth point in the game. But like the Wild had like four guys back, three of them focused on one part, a terrible gap. And the Blues ran this nice little passing play, left Kyrie wide open, and he just ripped it by Talbot. But, like, the gaps weren't there. There was a lot of waving of the sticks. I don't know if the guys were afraid to engage physically because I'm sure, you know, it hurt a little bit more in the cold to get hit. But it just yeah. didn't seem like they were bringing that that physicality and, and getting up on guys and taking away that space. And the Blues are, are a skilled team, and I think they, they took advantage of that lack of space. And, you know, finally in the third period, the Wild team to figure it out. It took pulling the goalie for – Again, basically half the period. Um, they score twice. Kevin Fiala gets another one. Kaprizov ends up with three points on the night. Um, Hartman a two-point night. So, you know, the big guys stepped up again, and it's just, you know, again, it's that depth. Um, you know, and I think we've talked about on this show, the Wild have depth that can fill the bottom of the lineup, but the top of the lineup depth um, just hasn't been there. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that will, unless you guys have anything else, I think that transitions nicely into our next topic. Well, I mean, it was, I think one thing I'll add is it's tough to see, you know, how much of it was Talbot being injured. You, you don't want to make excuses, but it's tough to see him go out indefinitely. And, and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, especially, I mean, he, he's had an up and down season, but you never want your number one goaltender to be out, out indefinitely. Yeah, and it, it was a rough, rough game for him. I mean, some of the goals he can't fully pull on him, put on him, but... There were a couple, you know, where angle was off or kicked out a huge rebound, and it's like, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, but now with the injury, we'll uh, something definitely to monitor as we approach the trade deadline toward the end of February here in the next two months, and uh, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what the Wild do. They already signed Zane McIntyre to, to fill in Iowa so they can have, you know, the goalie carousel internally um, work itself out, so... I will say uh, that, I mean, it's fairly obvious he's obvious because he's been fantastic for two months now. But, you know, aside from maybe Jordan Cairo in St. Louis, I thought uh, Presov was maybe the best, one of the best players on the ice for the whole game. Even, 
you know, the first period obviously scored kind of a fluky goal, but I thought that was the, the one good thing that I took away with is that uh, obviously as a fan, when you go there, those are the kind of players you, you know, you pay to watch, you want to see. And I thought it was, uh, even though the team overall didn't play very good the first two periods, I thought he was uh, really good the whole game. Agreed. Well, let's get into some more positive news, um, not lament on the loss. Um, the big news out of the week, it's finally happened. We've been advocating it on this show for probably over a year, including renaming the podcast, the Matt Boldy Fancast. Um, going back to you know our, our reactions to drafting Marco Rossi, but the long-awaited debuts, if all things go well and nothing changes from now until this time tomorrow, Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy, the Wilds' last two first-round draft picks um, from two previous years, are slated to make their debuts together at TD Garden in Boston. Let's fucking go, baby. The day has finally arrived. I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it's been a lot of people who are clamoring for this even sooner. I know some people thought, why don't you call one of them or two of them up to debut even the winter? We classic. talked about that on the last but show that they should have called to be fair, Rossi up. My opinion was that they an event like that, they'd go with the veteran as yeah. even with Rass, like give him the game. But anyways, I, yeah, obviously like the Gretz it's really exciting. Uh, the two. Yeah. Yeah. Right before we shove you out the door, we'll give you the yeah. last little, last little play out. But you know, no, it's, this is exciting news. Obviously, uh, you know, Rossi with, you know, I think Bruce even brought this up. It's almost one year to the day that he was diagnosed with myocarditis, and and, and everyone knows uh, the health struggles he dealt with last year. But to see him, you know, kind of come full circle a year later, playing great in the minors, uh, to be up in the NHL and making his debut is really awesome. And then, you know, obviously Matt Boldy making his debut in Boston, kind of where he's from, is cool too. But I just think my the biggest thing that's even more exciting about this for me is they're not just you know, they're not just calling them up to be on the fourth line or play like seven minutes a night. Like they're calling them up, even if they don't stick for more than, you know, eight, nine games. I think it's really exciting that they're calling them up and saying, okay, here you go, guys. Uh, you know, no pressure, but, you know, you're giving them every opportunity to contribute to the to this team in meaningful ways. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm very pumped too. You figured one of them would get a call at some point, maybe both at some point, different times. Yeah. But to have them both come up at the same time is, is very exciting. You hate to see, like, Bugestead go down in practice and, and all these injuries and whatnot. But, man, let's let's fucking go. Like, if you're not excited and don't know the, the magnitude of this, which most other listeners probably do, yeah. uh, I saw a tweet from Byron Bader uh, yesterday. It says, as Marco Rossi and Boldy are set to make their NHL de- debuts, do remember Rossi has the highest star probability of the 2020 draftees yet to play in an NHL game. And Boldy has the highest star probability of the 2019 class yet to play in an NHL game. So the highest star probability from the last two drafts yet to play in an NHL game are making their debut at the same fucking time for the Minnesota wild. Yeah. It's, it, it's exciting. I mean, I think, you know, these are, these are players. I think that that Garen bracket, the wild organization view as huge parts of the future. And, um, Zeke, as you alluded to, they're, they're not coming in just to play on the fourth line. And, and Dean talked about it in his press conference. Um, you know, they want to put these guys in positions to succeed. And that's something I've been so, so hard on about the wild in the past about, you know, we talked about Jewel Erickson X his first couple of years. Like, Oh, why does X suck? Well, it's cause he's playing in the fourth line with <laughs> Daniel Winnick. Like he wasn't put in a position to succeed. And, you know, all of a sudden you look at last year, he's put in a position to succeed with, with players who fit his game with skilled players 
and mm-hmm. he thrived, you know. Um, but I think, you know, and I, uh, Russo and Lapana beat me to the punch um, on their podcast today. But, I, you know, I think Kevin Fiala might be just as excited as, uh, as Boldy and Rossi for uh, finally being able to have a center um, with some semblance of offensive skill after being anchored to Visca, to the, the offensive black holes that are Victor Rask and Freddie Goudreau. Um, he's got to be ecstatic. It sounds like, um, the practice went really well with with Kevin Fiala, you know, just getting dishes from, from Rossi Felino, the other player on that line. Um, and then Boldy being put, um, I believe with it's Goudreau and Duhame. Yeah. It sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So not as much skill in that line, but you know, maybe a line they can play physical, maybe, you know, a kind of a shutdown line. Um, but I think, you know, even more importantly is both these guys are getting a chance in the power play. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Everson also talked about how, you know, terrible the power play has been. He's hoping they can inject a spark. But, um, I mean, I feel like a lot of the times we see Boldy and, and Rossi clips from Iowa, it's those two doing stuff on the power play. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they can bring to that. And just, you know, I think it just it's, it's a great storyline going into tomorrow is being able to watch these two guys, see what they can do, see what they can bring. Um, to the table and, and finally make this uh, this long-awaited debut and you know big shout out to uh, to our to our number one Matt Boldy family won't say her name on the air here but she knows who she is um, one of Matt Boldy's family members who's who's a big fan of the pod great supporter um, we we exchanged some some DMs and she's very excited won't be there but um, it sounds like Boldy's got a ton of family coming in and as one of you alluded to just really cool for him you know to make that debut in front of, you know, a, a home a home crowd and home fans and a team you grew up, you know, watching. That's pretty darn it's cool. pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. I, <laughs> I was done. I, th- I think it's pretty amazing that Michael Rossi is going to have family in town, too. She kind of kind of wondered, like, yep. it was, was kind of a quick call-up, and, and his family's in Austria. You're like, man, you, you just hope, because his dad's been such a huge part of his life and story, it, you figured he'd make it, but you're like, we just want the news that it's going to happen, and, yeah. and it is. So it's pretty awesome for both yeah. players to be able to experience that in the same night. And then I, I want to give props to Connor Dewart, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pitbull is his nickname. Yeah. Uh, he had a really good, strong preseason, it looked like. He's been playing well in Iowa. I, I never thought I'd see <laughs> Duheim, Dewar, Rosti, Boldy all up at the same time this year. I knew it would be in the future at some point, but it, it's exciting for tomorrow night. Like I, I'm absolutely pumped. Yeah, I think, you know, I think uh, with uh, Ross, thing, Justin, that you mentioned, I think Roos said in his podcast today that uh, his dad and his family were, you know, down in Iowa with him till New Year's Day or right around there, and they flew back, and then <laughs> also a day later, and I think his story was that he told the presser was uh, basically that his dad asked him to repeat what he said like yeah. three or four times because he was <laughs> just so happy, which is, you know, really cool. And I know I think that line that Brett brought up with Fiala and Felino, I think, you know, is you know, really interests me because obviously Flino, he's not really a skill guy, but I mean, he's got 13 goals this year. He can just be the guy, just park in front of the net, clean up the garbage. And, uh, and finally, like you said, Brett, with Fiala getting kind of a lifeline, finally, he doesn't have to try to do the skate through three guys and toe drag around everybody and to make offensive plays. He just has more freedom to just be who he is. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's, that's really exciting for everyone. And obviously like, you know, the other thing with the, power play units it is uh it's just really cool to see like i said that they're just throwing them in there right away and i think i think it might have been you brought who brought stuff on twitter or somebody else that you know it's in a way it sends a message to all the, some of the other guys that yeah team that, that, that was these me these guys are, 
they're yeah they're down there uh these prospects that they ready there they want to play they're 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 excited they're skilled and i think it's just uh, i think it's just cool that it, it's you know next man up but that's like you said it sends that message that uh you know, it's just it's just that internal competition that we talked about so much earlier in the year. Yeah, and obviously, you know, and obviously, some of it comes at the expense of you know, unfortunately, injuries to to Eric Sinek, you yeah. know, Greenway and COVID protocol, the uh, the late sure. injury to Bukestead, the freak accident slash in practice. But I mean, it sounded mm-hmm. like regardless of of the Bukestead injury that Dewar was going to get in, and that you know, one of you know. Victor Rask has ended up who might have ended up being or Bukestad or Pitlick someone from that fourth line was going to be scratched in favor of Dewar um, and I think mm-hmm. it was it's just it's it, it continues to be stuff we haven't seen this past like hey these young guys are pushing and we're, and we're going to put them in um, and I think the the uh, the fourth line is going to be Dewar, Sturm and, and Pitlick so a uh, unique fourth line in the fact that's a bunch a bunch of guys that play with pace which which could be you know much needed against a, a skilled team like Boston sorry to cut you off Justin mm-hmm. No, you're good. It's it's all good. Uh, I I can't help but to think of that line that uh, that clip of Bill Guerin when when he asked Spurgeon, "What is it all about?" And Spurgeon's like, "Working hard and having fun." And he's like, "No, it's about effing winning." Yeah, exactly. and this kind of uh, makes me think of that because you know it, it's partial injuries, but if it's partial performance, then if these guys are pushing, then it's good. You're having fun, but if you're not performing, you're out. And these guys will come in, and, and we'll see how they perform. Yeah, um, yeah. So, congrats to those two. I know we're we'll be really excited tomorrow to, to watch those guys finally debut. Um, I part need of ESPN my too, national broadcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, part of my Christmas present for my parents is uh, money toward a new wild jersey. And I think I was originally like I I talked about on the podcast. I'm gonna and on Twitter. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna bring it back. I discussed getting a Hartman jersey, but after lots of thinking, I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait. It doesn't seem like he's gonna hit. I don't think he's gonna hit the three. We'll see. I mean, I think he needs like six goals by the end of the month. Um, but they're not playing, so you know, hard, yeah, hard to, hard, to, hard to score when you're not playing games. Um, but I think I'm gonna hold off. Wait till the alternates come out. I think they're supposed to come out next year. Um, so now it's just a debate of do I get a Rossi jersey or a Boldy jersey. So we'll have to see. Hmm. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the right answer. Um, I don't know if I've got five hundred dollars to drop, but could be worth it but gotta add something you just, to gotta, win a, you just gotta win a fantasy football league and then then there boom there's your two jerseys yeah well i did sort of <laughs> win one i basically um my, my brother played for the first time this year and he, he he dubbed me the general manager of his team i made all the moves pretty much drafted his team for him he just plugged in the players and he won his work league um so he did give me a chunk of that so i did sort of get nice. get one championship Sweet. this year but yeah. my other uh my other Sweet. six leagues not not so fortunate <laughs> <laughs> I, I won my uh League with my high school buddies nice. for the first time since '08, and got on a nice chunk of change because that's good omens. I know that's we're talking hockey, here. but I was uh, we got money for best record, most points, and league champion. I took all three, so nice. it was a good year. I see, we're, we're bringing all the good energy, and that's what we're doing. Right now we're sucking Absolutely. all the good energy in. We're gonna yep, add yep. to that. So, um, in the most <laughs> sound the foghorn jinx way possible, uh, a couple weeks ago. You're on this show praising Victor Rask, saying he should, you know, maybe mm-hmm. get some more ice time. Mm-hmm. All of this, then he <laughs> proceeds to go out and just lay dud after dud after dud to the point where the Minnesota Wild placed him on waivers um, to make room, as we mentioned, for the uh, for Marco Rossi, for Matt Boldy, for Connor Dewar, um, to free cap space. I think as well to call up Andrew Hammond to back up Capo Kakinen as well. 
Um, but it happened. Uh, we wondered if it would happen this year, and mm-hmm. it finally did. Victor Rask was placed on waivers. It sounds like um, it, the plan would be to send him to the taxi squad, not down to Iowa, um, as long as the taxi squad is there. I believe as of now it's supposed to be at the end of January, but it sounds like that will be extended. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I did not see that coming. I, part of me is happy that it happened. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely a move, I, you know, I – it wasn't even in like crossing my mind that'd be a move that the wild were considering. Well, first off, uh, uh, shout out, uh, thinking of friends over at the Rask cast. I know yeah. they were very, very disappointed that the, you know, they yeah, can't sorry, wear Carp. their Rask jerseys to every game anymore and being on the glass with their sign. But so hopefully those guys are doing okay. But yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, it's surprising in a way because it seemed, especially last year, how they wanted to force feed him into the top so line. We, that all of this makes they, that stuff last year even more interesting yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, it's well, we've we've ranted and screamed about that yeah. in the microphones many hours over the past year yeah. and a half. Yes, we him, have. But they they were just trying to up his trade value, but it, it didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> no, one, no one wanted him. No, I mean yeah, that's what that's what basically Rooster said today is that. Uh, you know, no one was willing to trade for him. They're not going to claim him on waivers because he's yeah. more expensive on waivers. Yeah, and it sounded like they were even willing to retain salary, too, and teams are still like, ah, <laughs> we're good. I mean, to be fair, this he might he could be back in like a week and a half. Right, like, yeah. This roster spot, so he he might just get shoveled back and down. But I think, like you said, it's a, he's just a fringe 13th forward. He's, I think a lot of some of the analytics people were – posting stuff and that Brett's talked about that he's not been horrible defensively like he's provided some value but I mean like you said Brett and like you talked about before you watched him you watch him try to skate out there and it's just uh I mean you said it before it's very hard and you know don't like to don't don't want to rip on the guy too much but it's uh you know none of us are disappointed I think to safe to say that we won't have to watch him as much yeah. over the next little while yeah, he, uh, our friends at Evolving Wild had a really good thread just kind of analytically okay. looking back at uh, the Ras Nino trade. So feel free to head over to their Twitter mm-hmm. profile at Evolving Wild and check out that thread. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, the, the, the TLDR version of the thread is that the trade analytically doesn't look as bad as I think we felt it was and that it, you know, our initial reaction was from the hop. It still, yeah. still was a bad trade, but I don't think it's as bad as we thought, which... It's a debate for for another time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it has been like salt in the wound of like my timeline just being reminded of like, yep, we traded Nino Niederreiter away. Keep bringing back the pain. I'm just like, way to go, Paul. Tomorrow. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah. Well, what the people don't see on the podcast is the background of two Niederreiter jerseys right behind your head. Yeah. <laughs> so this, the, the, the love and pain is for real. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, I think that more or less covers all of the big news. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to hit on here? I think we're for once kind of right on time for our recording time too. Yeah. So you're welcome, everybody. I will just say that uh, I know we've talked about their winter clusters a lot, but aside from the elbow patch, they really have grown on me ever since they uh, just released the elbow them. patch, like, man. Yeah, it's just it's a band aid. I mean, it's I like a band aid. Yeah, I don't hate it, but it's like. I know that's so an old thing, but just because something is retro does not mean you have to use it. Right. But I think I think other than that, even with the top stripe on the jersey, I think uh, I think that's 
if they just got rid of that that that, that elbow patch like you talked about before, they're pretty damn good compared to what you know we maybe all thought when they first released yeah. them. And adding to that, St. Louis wearing like the wheat jerseys just like further oh, solidified yeah. my belief that the Wild need a wheat jersey because mm-hmm. those looked yeah, excellent. Those sweet. Yep, they, they were sweet. Agreed. All right. Uh, any other any other final thoughts, Justin? For you? Um, just tomorrow night, enjoy it. I, I mean, we say it all the time, but don't mm-hmm. get too high, too low. You're going to see the future. But if they have a bad game, just know that they're young and still developing. I, I don't. I hope they don't play bad, but just. Stay level-headed about it. Don't overreact. We never overreact on Twitter. So yeah, I've already uh, I've already inserted their names and, and pictures into my player cards. They're ready to go, fired up. Um, I will share them regardless of the. I usually share like the top three players. I will for sure share Rossi Boldy's um, debut cards. I'm hoping it's more blue than red. We'll see. Yes. Um, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But um, you know, can't wait for those two to debut tomorrow. And I'm sure. Uh, all three of our Twitter feeds will be uh, will look like uh, you know teenagers fangirling over a, a boy band uh, when those two <laughs> come much. out tomorrow. Nothing yep. says hockey fandom like you know a bunch of you know older older dudes you know excited about some twenty year olds about to, <laughs> to, to play a sport. So it's a great thing about hockey. It's like hey, we love you, and you're you know you're basically you, you could be my you know you could be my younger brother or my friend. <laughs> you know, even though I'm 35, I still feel like I'm the same age as these guys, even though right? I'm not even remotely close to most of them. I, I just like I feel like I relate in a certain way to it. But when I step back, I'm like, oh shit, I'm I'm really not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And my, my my final thought is I tweeted this out yesterday too, but just we talked about, you know, these veterans having to earn their spot. If my math mm-hmm. is correct, including like the whatever, the 33-year-old Zuccarello, the average age of the Wilds forward group is as what I'm expecting to be tomorrow is 25.3 years old, which yeah. I think like I don't have the data to back it up, but I'm pretty sure it's got to be like the youngest forward group the Wilds have ever rolled out in a game, maybe in the franchise history. So it's exciting. We, we're getting to... We're letting the young guys play finally after all, you know, after 21 years, it's finally happening. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's wrap it up here. Uh, Justin, where can everybody find you and all of your work? You can find me at D East 2004. You can find me at Caprice of Countdown. You can find me at MNW Prospects with Wild Prospects and Young Players. Zeke? Uh, you could find me on Twitter at Zeke Boyat, and you could find all of my writing work at uh, written work at uh, zonecoverage.com. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh 92. Be sure you are following the podcast account as well at Sound the Foghorn, all one word, both on Twitter and Instagram. Two games uh, on tap for the Wild coming up. Bruins, Capitals, Marco Rossi, Matt Boldy slated to make their debuts tomorrow. We're excited and hopefully we'll have uh, some good things to talk about when we're back with you guys next week. But until then, this has been another episode of Sound the Foghorn.